This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we recap International Women's Day and how NetApp helps advance women in technology. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipark. Zipark. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio and with me today I have several guests on the phone. Um, And it's not because we're afraid of coronavirus. It's because most people are working from home or they didn't know where the studio was. But uh, today joining us to talk about International Women's Day, we have Amy Welsh. Hi, Amy. What do you do here at NetApp and how do I reach you? Hey, Justin. It's Amy here. I am Director of Professional Services here at NetApp and really excited to be here. I also have a side job of uh, leading our global events for the women in technology team within NetApp on the steering committee. So I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having us. No problem. Is uh, If we wanted to reach you, how would we do that? Oh, I'm at, at Twitter at Amy R. Welsh is me. Excellent. That's at Amy R. Welsh, W-E-L-S-H. I, I have a side gig as well. Um, I, I host a podcast. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> also on the phone with us today, uh, Rochelle Helton. Hi, what do you do and how do we reach you? Hi, Justin. It's great to be here. Um, Rochelle Helton, and I am um, in the virtual sales organization. And you can reach me on Twitter at uh, Rochelle Helton. I think it's Rochelle underscore Helton. All right. And we'll include these in the show notes in case people don't have the ability to write these down as they're driving or listening. So they'll be able to access those there. Also with us, Helen Kalikal. Hi, Helen. Hi, Justin. I work in the finance organization. I lead the finance transformation office. Oh, you're in finance. Yes. Do you handle all the Isn't budgets? Do you handle the budgets? I don't do that piece can, of work. I can do you, more can you donate money to us? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. And you can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, just find me by my name, Helen Kaliko. Excellent. We'll include that link in the show notes as well. And last but not least, Aruna Gildial. Hi. What do you do at NetApp and how do I reach you? Oh, hi, Justin. I work in corporate quality here at NetApp, and I'm the one, I'm the one who manages ISO program here at NetApp. Um, I can be reached at LinkedIn. Just type my name, Aruna Ghildial, and I will be there. So what Happy is, to be here. What does corporate quality do? Like, what, is, what specifically is that? Corporate quality is an organization that reports into Sheila organization, and we do ISO certification compliance audits of uh, NetApp sites. Excellent. Just so you know, the podcast mm-hmm. is fully compliant. There's no need to audit us. So um, <laughs> <laughs> today we are here to talk about International Women's Day. And I know that we've already passed International Women's Day, but the idea was to let it happen. And then we talk about what happened. Uh, but first, let's just talk about International Women's Day as a whole. So Amy, what is International Women's Day and what, and how are you involved with that? Yeah, so International Women's Day has been celebrated for a long, long time, over 100 years. And it started back in the days of uh, women's suffrage, you know, before women had the vote and, and everything was equal. So it's been celebrated for a long time and right around this time in March. 
And it has totally evolved now to have, you know, a true global presence. And we are so excited at NetApp to be participating in the celebration of International Women's Day, but also Women's History Month, which runs the whole entire month of March. So um, this year's theme for International Women's Day is Let's All Be Each for Equal. And the, the purpose of that theme is really to focus on the individual and how each person, no matter whether you're a woman or not, can commit and make a difference in in equality. And so, uh, you know, I think that's really powerful because, you know, for me personally, I am a big believer in, you know, each person is accountable for their own thoughts, actions, beliefs. And if we can each individually shift and change a little bit, then that can be a a mechanism to make the world a better place for everyone and, and a mechanism for equality across race and gender and different, um, you know, every different characteristic that you could even think of. Hashtag each for equal was the, um, was the uh, theme this year. Yeah, I saw a lot of the pictures out there floating around social media. Um, you know, men and women alike were showing their pictures and giving quotes uh, that inspired them. Um, so there's, there's two trends I've been noticing with uh, equality and in women's rights. So one is that women are far less afraid to speak up, like they're getting much more empowered, and that's great. Um, the other thing is, is that men are starting to realize what being an ally truly means. So can you kind of give us your thoughts on those two aspects of, or if, even if you disagree, you know, for, feel free, but, you know, what do you think about that? Well, you know, there's a lot of, a, a long history of um, women's emergence in the workplace, frankly, and we'll you know keep it to the workplace for the moment. And women are perceived differently when they speak up oftentimes, or and oftentimes they're interrupted in conversations. And so it can teach women not to do those things and not to be as assertive. And, and by the same token, when they are showing up assertive, they have um, certain perceptions around that. So the more that we can include everyone in the conversation, the better. And that does take multiple people, you know, women can do so much, but we need, um, we need people to partner with them. And that's where your topic of allies comes in. Because, um, you know, there's things that men can do when they see this behavior happening to help support their colleagues who are women. So for example, if you notice that you're in a meeting with a woman who's interrupted, a man can, you know, back her up and say, hey, isn't that what, um, you know, Amy just said over here? Let's, you know, let's help her out and help amplify the message of the women that are in the meeting. So that's a really small and basic example, but anyone can do that. And, you know, the, the, the thing about um, equality that is really important is that it's not a women's issue. You know, for us at NetApp and for the world, it's a business issue. And the more that we can involve everyone, the, the more diverse our businesses are, the more diverse of thought, the more diverse um, marketplace that we can attack and, and go after and win, ultimately as a company is great. But I think it's even bigger than that. It's about the way that we show up in the world to be, um, to be here together and to, to really represent the interests of, the, of everyone involved. So I think that, you know, it's a very untapped market here for having women be a part of the conversation. And I say that because you think about the the breakup of population and there's roughly a 50-50 split of men to women in the world. So when you start to think about tech 
and how there isn't that 50-50 split. And there's a lot of opportunity to grow to get to that 50-50 split. So you're starting to see it with things like women who code or with, you know, the STEM initiatives with, with younger ladies. So, you know, what do you see as the trends there? Well, there's certainly a lot going on there that is creating more interest for um, for young girls to be um, to be involved with with STEM that have traditionally not been the cultural things that we do. So there's some cultural things that we've historically done with girls that don't necessarily make it as attractive. And so it, so that's starting to build. And then the next thing that we have to attack after that, if you look at the statistics, you know, girls are interested in STEM at a certain age, and then that interest falls off as, um, as they get into high school. We see, see less people in computer science today than we did, say, in the 70s when some of the feminist movements first started. But once we get them into STEM, it's keeping them in STEM and then getting them into the workplace and then retaining them in those technical roles in the workplace are all important. And if you look at interest, it's like a bell curve and then falls down and trails off um, over time as, as far as how that goes. So the, the way that we show up, the way that we work together, the way that we start to become aware of when um, women are not being treated equally in these environments or others for that matter. I think, you know, we can chip away at this and get people to women in particular to stay in technical roles for a longer period of time. So do any of you have any theories or have you seen any studies of why that interest might be waning in high school years? Is it, is it, a true lack of interest or is it something else? I think you're, we're kind of getting into, you know, what do you think is the root cause, which is um, an interesting topic, but a different one. Um, I think it's, it's partially um, it's two ways. It's what are you interested in, but also when you're interested in it, how, when you engage in it, how do people treat you? So it's, it's both. So, you know, as Amy said, we have had higher percents of women in STEM um, in, in earlier years, but um, they felt the pushback. Um, when, and so that's not, you know, that's not as positive for, for people to feel. So it's not only just bringing women in, young women, but it's retaining the women, you know, looking at what our attrition is for women versus what our attrition is for men. So if you jump cultures, for example, there are other cultures where you see much higher women percent in tech. And so that answers the question of can they do it? Are they interested? And leads you back to the informal ways that we engage. And I and ask how that we structure ourselves. So I, I ask that mainly because it leads us to our next point is how do we fix that? And part of that is some of the initiatives we take, like with International Women's Day. So what is NetApp doing to help enrich women and keep them interested in a field where the interest tends to wane sometimes? Helen and I uh, co-led this year um, International Women's Day at NetApp. It's been awesome. We had, I was just thinking the number of sites. Um, We had some large groups. We had Sunnyvale, RTP, Amsterdam, then Bangalore. We had other, we had Wichita, Boulder, uh, VTC, 
Nain, uh, London. I even saw some pictures from LinkedIn on Barcelona. Between eight and 10 sites, you can see a lot of what's happening on LinkedIn as people are showing their pictures, they're each for equal, their hashtags. Our NetApp hashtag was uh, hashtag each for equal and then equality is a business opportunity. So there's a lot of literature out there showing that as you have a more proportional number of men and women, you have a more profitable business. And that's based on the um, looking at the data and also that kind of a more diverse population as you're discussing things, you're coming up with the problems ahead of time and working them out. So I was in the RTP um, celebration, which was great. Uh, there was an interview of um, our senior VP, Kim Stevenson by Joe Novak. And then we had a panel afterwards. Um, of ladies that talked about their experiences, and that was great too. It included Mecca Williams, Roxy Steiner, Rhonda Hicks, and myself. So, Helen, do you want to? Hey, Justin, one of the things one of okay. the things that I think is really cool about this, what Rochelle's saying, and what we did in RTP, is that we had women share their stories, and you know, th things like that are what opens up the conversation for women to feel like whatever they're experiencing isn't isn't just them, that there's other women experiencing the same thing. And through that collaboration and awareness that that's going on, it helps people find the courage to speak up and start changing some of the traditions and cultural things that might hold women back from, um, from speaking up in a meeting or from sharing their idea with you know, an executive or, or what, whatever might come from that. So sharing the stories, like Rochelle is saying, and she was one of the wonderful people who did that, um, it, it is really important for people to feel like they belong in the culture. Uh -huh. This is Helen. Um, as we were getting ready for uh, the Women's Day celebration, I think one thing that really stood out for me was the grassroots, you know, work to get ready for it because it felt like everyone made a little bit of time and that all added up. And um, I think as women, we don't let our egos come in between and we actually collectively work together better towards a common goal. And even though we had to make last minute adjustments because of the wider situation um, to change it to Zoom invites, etc., I still think a lot of people participated. You know, the panel in Sunnyvale was excellent. Um, and, you know, I, I found Deborah's advice, Deborah McCohen, who's our chief uh, HR officer, um, her advice and her story pretty inspiring. Um, but again, most importantly, I think getting ready for this event uh, was a real grassroots, let's bring the best ideas to the table, let's pitch in, everyone take a little bit and run with it and make it happen. That is the power of women. That's so well said, Helen. It, it really is. It One of the things that's good about this, Justin, is as you involve a lot of people to get ready for it, we're encouraging each other and people are growing their leadership. Someone who may not have run something before says, you know, I'll lead the site. I'll pull this together. Um, and it's great to see. You can see people learning and growing. And then they use those skills then at work. Yeah, Rochelle, I uh, second that. You and Helen helped me a lot in, you know, uh, pulling up the Sunnyvale site. I was pretty new to it and I got a wonderful support from you know, people like you, Amy, and Helen, and everyone else. And we were able to make it happen within just, what, three weeks' time. 
And that's actually part of what Aruna is talking about. That's part of our goal and an obje- our objective at, in the Women in Technology Employee Group is to involve women at NetApp and help them build their confidence and their skills in this um, supportive place and then use them at NetApp because it makes us a stronger NetApp team. The team really pulled together, Justin, to make that big impact. I think, as Rochelle and Helen are saying, there are a lot of new volunteers um, that have really started to contribute. And I think that's speaking to our impact as women in technology at NetApp, as we've gotten, I think we're close to 1,500 members now globally. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great organization. So we talked a little bit what would happen with the NetApp events for for International Women's Day. If I want to get involved in the future or if I want to get involved with women in technology, how would I do that? Yeah, I think that link is wit.netapp.com for those inside NetApp, and you can find everything you need to know right there. Yeah, and that's that's internal to NetApp. So if you want to be involved at NetApp, you can do that. Um, if you're an ancillary to NetApp or you're a partner, um, we do have the official Twitter account for Women in Technology, NetApp Wit. So if you had ideas that you wanted to bounce off of that group or, you know, suggestions, you could always hit them up there, I would imagine. Absolutely. So, um, Rochelle, is there anything going on in the next few months that we'd want to be aware of here at NetApp? Um, We've got lots of events going on. A lot of them are at the different site levels. So each site kind of has their calendar of what's happening, but we also have um, global events as well. So we can find all that on the wit.netup.com page as well. Absolutely. Excellent. Earlier on Twitter, I saw someone mentioned, there there was a question that was posed. It was basically, you know, who is a woman that inspires you? And you were the trick was you weren't allowed to say your mom or your wife or your sister. It couldn't be a family member. It had to be someone that inspired you that's outside of your social scope. So I wanted to pose the same question to everyone else. And then out of fairness, I will also have to answer this question. Helen, uh, who is the woman that inspires you that is not a family member? You know, a lot of women, I think women I meet at work in some way or the other have inspired me, um, whether it is Kathy Tyra, who leads our, you know, Global Wit um, organization. In fact, whether it is Rochelle, Amy, everyone, I think, um, plays a role in shaping my thoughts. Um, I would leave it at that. There are many women, powerful, powerful, inspiring women here at NetApp. Excellent. That's a good answer. Uh, Amy. Your turn. So mine is, um, there's so many, as Helen was just also saying, there's so many. And, you, you know, you gather different things from different people. But the one person that has really impacted me most recently is actually Melinda Gates. And she wrote a book, if you haven't checked it out, called The Moment of Lift, How, How Empowering Women Changes the World. And so I listened to it. And if, you, if you're an audible person, and for those of you on a podcast, you're probably into that. Um, audible is the way to go because she actually reads the book herself. And why I am so impacted by this is that she started out talking about the foundation that she and Bill Gates started. And, you know, they were going out to vaccinate people. And the, the story that she told was so moving because, these women in very poor countries around the world would go and take their child to get vaccinated and they would be standing there still waiting. And they're like, well, okay, what, you know, what's wrong? What are you waiting for? And the, and the women 
said, I want to get my, my shot. I want to get my shot. And what they were really talking about was contraceptives. And I don't want to go down that path for, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a slippery slope, but the point is she kind of stumbled into it. You know, with as many resources and access to you know, technology and all these different things that Bill and Melinda Gates have, they started out with a very different purpose. And what they realized on their journey was that, wow, if they could really touch the women and empower the women, that that would be the one thing in these smaller communities that could start to change the way that children get educated the, and, and just everything from the very grassroots um, basic needs that these communities have really starts with empowering the women. So for me, that's been hugely impactful and you know runs the gamut from how you know, what happens in very poor countries all the way to how things you know, happen in technology that we're all accustomed to on a day-to-day basis. You know, at the end of the day, if, you know, it's kind of coming back to our theme here of each for equal, if we can each do like one small thing, then that can start to be inclusive for everyone. So it's not about bringing women in and leaving others out, she says. It's about bringing women in as a way to bring everyone in. And you got to hit those people on the margins, really, to um, to bring them into the fold and help them realize the power of the potential that they have. So Melinda Gates is my person lately. All right, Aruna. Uh, for me, it has to be Amelia Earhart, the first woman to fly uh, solo across the Atlantic, and uh, she had, uh, you know, she was awarded Flying Cross. I always, I was always amazed by what she did in a male-dominated society, you know. When other women were uh, being held back, she was, uh, you know, flying across the Atlantic, that too solo. So um, she is the one personality that amazes me, you know, anytime, every time. Okay, and Rochelle? Okay, so I really look to the women that I see at NetApp. I look to my peer group to see uh, different ideas for how to solve some of the same problems I'm looking at. So Amy and Helen and Aruna and the the ladies that I see, how are we solving the problems? It's very helpful to see lots of different ways to solve them. And then I definitely look to the same leaders that Helen mentioned. So Kathy Tyra, Anna Schlegel, Lori Harmon, Sheila Aurora, Kim Stevenson has just joined to see how they um, deal with the issues that they see is incredibly helpful in a workplace. But I think what really set me, you know, kind of passionate around women's topics were a couple years ago when I went to GHC, Melinda Gates was the keynote speaker. And what she talked about was how many women we needed to recruit into tech and how many women needed to be promoted into tech to get to Um, you know, particular levels. And she really made an ask of what you were going to do after that. So since that point, I've started um, really actively mentoring other women. And it's, I started with, you know, one a month, and then two a month, and then three a month, and then I was at one a week. And now I'm at two a week. So um, the mentoring where I'm mentoring others, I'm really passionate about that. And it started from Melinda Gates, all her research and her asking us where we are to do more. And so I think some of the issues that we see out there, we're able to solve ourselves. And some of them, we need some, you know, support to do that. And that's where the male allies come in. 
Excellent. I guess it's my turn then, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are plenty of women at NetApp that are inspiring, and pretty much every woman I run into is inspiring in, in, in individual ways, right, no matter what they do. And I, I couldn't possibly name them all, and I don't really want to play favorites, so I don't want to name any of them. <laughs> So I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to I'm going to go with um, you know current events uh, figures. So one of the figures that really is inspiring in terms of the story is, is Malayla. So uh, I don't know if anyone is familiar with Malayla, but she's a, a, a little girl that lives in the Middle East uh, and I think it's Pakistan. And she basically you know she she was a civil rights activist, a women's rights activist, and she got shot and. This that could have been it, right? She could have been like, "I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore." But she came back, and that's re- you know, she's so relentless in what she believes in, and it's very inspiring to see somebody who has that much belief in what they are trying to accomplish that nothing's going to stop them from from getting to their goal. So yeah, that's she current. Is quite amazing. I, yeah. You know, you're 100, 150 percent right. I think she has uh, the resilience that. Um, that someone like that can show to be a role model for so many people that have been around so long. I just love, I just love that story. That's a great one. Yeah. And I really like her youth um, where a lot of folks think they need to wait for someone else to do it. Um, She did that at such a young age and there's um, a young woman who's doing a lot for climate change as well out of um, Greta Thunberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of a, out of Mia. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Like she's, you know, she's getting a lot of criticism for her stance. You know, oh, you're too young. You shouldn't have a voice. But she doesn't care. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to roll across the ocean. <laughs> I'm going to come over to America and tell everyone what I believe. And it doesn't matter if you think I shouldn't believe that or not. It's my future. I'm going to inherit this planet. So I'm going to speak my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, of course, I'd be remiss to not include Katherine Johnson, who recently passed, you know, the hidden figures yeah. Uh, yeah. lady who she she had to overcome two different things. Right. Basically, not only being a woman in a field that was dominated by men, but also being a woman of color. I think that's very inspiring how she was able to accomplish as much as she did. And she also outlived so many people. I mean, she was like 102 when she finally passed. Yeah, so that story is quite amazing. There, you know, there's some statistics that go along with that, actually, um, you know, where you look at the journey of a woman of color is completely different than, you know, even even a woman who's not. And I think you're right for her to overcome that in the time frame that that was there and be such a role model makes so many contributions is quite amazing she's definitely an inspiration to me as well so that that's that's all i'm gonna list because i don't we could go on forever <laughs> there's a lot of inspiring could, women out we there could. So how we, long do we have justin we got a lot of <laughs> we don't have much time uh so all right excellent so everybody gave good answers to that um so again if we wanted to contact you amy how do we do that you can hit me up on Twitter, Amy at Amy R. Welsh, or LinkedIn, Amy Welsh uh, from Meta. All right. And Aruna? I'm at LinkedIn, Aruna Gildial. All right. And Rochelle? Um, I'm on Twitter at Rochelle underscore Helton, and I'm at LinkedIn, Rochelle Helton. We did not forget Helen. She had to drop, but I believe you can find her at LinkedIn as well. We'll include that in the show notes. 
All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Amy Welsh, Rochelle Helton, Helen Kalikal, and Aruna Gildial for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.